Hey, are you going to start the last segment? Exciting part of the show. I'm dancing. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like every club I've ever been to. <laughs> Ah, uh, there you go. See, this is why I like having Stephanie on breaking the panel because she loves intro music every single time. She respects the intro, unlike you I dumb dicks. So thank you, Stephanie, for, for being awesome. I'm Charles, Stephanie. There's Mike guesting in. Mike sitting in for Chris and doing a so-so job. Mediocre, Mike, one might say, this week. And uh, Paul Klotz. Paul Klotz with the, 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 lead, the lead discussion so far, I think. Is that my timer going off in the background? That's better than the other sound it was. All right. I got a lot of things going on, but one of them is not the topic. The topic is brought to you by Stephanie. How are you, you going to do it tonight, Stephanie? Yeah. So um, I, like I've mentioned, I teach high school English. Um, and I've been really working a lot past couple of years on reformatting our curriculum and teaching books that like, I think are, let's say, more uh well-rounded and mo- with a modern focus than like a traditional curriculum uh i don't you, so i want to hear like books that you read in high school um th- there's always a place for the classics i think but i also think like what did you wish you had read what's a book that you read as an adult that you were like this would have changed my freshman year of high school if you know if only they let me read this book um just like different things that that impacted you in a way uh, to get you on the path that you're on now or just things that really resonated with you um, that you weren't kind of allowed to read or encouraged to read in high school. Uh, I got one right away. All right. Sweet. Ender's Game. It was suggested to me by a teacher, but it was not part of the curriculum. And I found it to be a really important insight into morality basically uh and for anyone who's not aware the basic story of ender's game is just that children are trained for war and uh they're they're i'm just gonna leave it at that but children are they go to an like an academy they're selected and they go to an academy where they're trained to fight uh in combat um and it kind of has a it you know it's a sci-fi Harry Potter in a way. Everything feels like low risk and then the stakes get cranked up to like a million. Uh, but it really opened my eyes to things aren't nearly as black and white as we like to pretend and that a lot of traditional literature tends to pretend that things are always black and white, you know, like things tend to get laid out. Uh, so I thought that was good. I'm, I'll always support genre fiction uh in curriculum because i uh, i used to get so frustrated with my instructors because they there was at least back in the 90s when i was in high school there was this thought that genre fiction was like subpar and i would argue the opposite um i think science fiction in particular has pushed the boundaries of exploring humanity and morality and concepts like that for a long time so I'd like to see Ender's Game be in more curriculum. I think Ender's Game is a really cool choice. Thank you. Uh, other than like the Orson Scott card problem, yeah. Um, yeah. Like, separating yeah. that, uh, it's a fantastic book, right? <laughs> yeah. 
well and that that opens up the can of worms like how much that is in the common curriculum that right. is extraordinarily problematic because that's mm-hmm. a thing uh, yeah so that, that's my first one anybody else what uh, book well paul what book would you replace ender's game with like out of the books you read in high school what's one that you were like nope cut it done over it okay uh old man in the sea read that senior year fucking hated it um i'm gonna go out on a limb here i'm gonna argue that hemingway is ridiculously overrated i understand how important he was in his era but his shit just did not resonate with me it never has i've never read any of his work that grabbed me and i feel like if you're not grabbing the attention of young people you're losing them completely i think you've got to have a hook you got to get be able to get your hooks in a little bit and barring that you're just kind of wasting everybody's time because they're not walking away with anything they're not going to retain that information um i think that's probably one of my picks because i think senior year of high school is probably the perfect time to be able to fully grasp what's trying to be said with ender's game as well uh it might be lost on like a, a junior high student but high i taught school. it to freshmen a couple of years okay. ago well, and they did really well with it so mm-hmm. i think that because they're in that transition period it's a good mm-hmm. book for that for that time for sure um, i in 10th grade my teacher started us out with Fahrenheit 451 and Animal Farm back to back. Uh-huh. Uh, and, oh, then, wow. and then we talked about Rage Against the Machine. Yes. Right? And like what I would have loved to have him follow up with, and he didn't, uh, would have been something like either The Bell Jar or The Handmaid's Tale. Um just to like really fucking hit the point home right like just grind us down at that point like you you've built up all of this like anti-establishment and distrust and like propaganda is this this and this handmaid's tale matches those books so well and drives home so many of those points in a way that feels fucking awful yeah right like there's no joy uh reading handmaid's tale uh it is hard and it is sad and it is dark and it ends oh that's horrible but like it's really like to me that feels really important as a like hey if we're not careful about the, the the lessons that we learned in these first two books this is what happens to us right and so that that to me would like now that I'm an adult, uh, I don't remember what the third book we read that year was, uh, but I wish it had been Handmaid's Tale. Man, I had to read. I had to. Well, I had to read a lot of Bible shit, but I had to read um, uh, Flowers for Algernon, right? Ooh. When I was like in junior high, the school made me read that and Old Yeller, and like, what are you? What are you doing to me? I already don't like animals, <laughs> but now you make me like this animal, and then this horrible, tragic. What do you? That makes I was homeschooled too, by the way. So fuck my mom on that shit. <laughs> but it was, it was, man, it was, it was just 1984. I had to read that, and I was like, "What is this crap?" And I'm. I think 
Go ahead. I think 1984 is important curriculum. Not when but you're I think fifth if you grade. St- I, yeah. I don't if you're stringing anyway. it in these tragedies, yeah. it's going to lose its impact because it's like, well, yeah, everything's terrible. What's <laughs> new or, or interesting about this? Yeah. I found the cube, which is actually, to me, a better version of some of those tragic your choices are made for you kind of thing. Um, but I got into uh, Dean Koontz and um, uh, Anne uh, McCaffrey, I think it is, the Dragon Riders of Pern, mm-hmm. and, and Crystal Singer and those kind of things. I found those on my own. And, and so I got into some fantasy and, and definitely fiction and science, anything that looked science fiction on the cover. That's how I I'm a graphics dude. So I picked my book based on the graphic on the front of the book <laughs> to try it. And then, you know, I would read and, and man, I do kind of miss the days. The last, the uh, last day I had of reading was when I was a night security guard at a sorority house. Uh, but I was outside, had to be there all night and I'd go to the library and get a stack of like 10 books. I'd go through three or four of them in one night easily, you know, to entertain myself long before we had internet and phones in our hands. And you, you, you oh my god, we get it. it. You're old. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but but most of my reading was on my own, Stephanie. I didn't have. I actually was homeschooled. So I didn't really have the the. Here's your reading list for the summer. It'd be my mom would pick out something she'd want me to read, and like I said, so a lot of it was Christian based books, um, like Frank Peretti and and uh, other stuff like that. Uh, the Left Behind series, I actually read all of them before they were movies, and the movies sucked. The books are oh, the fuck books are okay, Kurt but Cameron. Yeah, um, <laughs> what a dick. But yeah, so that's the thing too. They bring it out. I'll throw it to everybody else. They bring up the Da Vinci Code uh, series, and I didn't even know anything about them until the movies came out. And I've watched the movies, so I've never actually read the books. I read the Da Vinci Code. I I don't think it's appropriate for like high school curriculum or anything, but it, it was an interesting read. I just wish people wouldn't read that and think that it was like nonfiction. <laughs> like it, it's it's speculative fiction guys like it's a it's a, a writer it's a book yeah, it, <laughs> well so so one thing i want to tie together with that and then with charles is my favorite one of my favorite classes that i took in college was studies in the bible as literature so we read the bible but we read it as uh, a a text that a person sat down and wrote a story yeah. right so we and my professor was God, so brilliant. He was fluent in Hebrew. So he would take a passage and he would write it out on the board in Hebrew. And then he would translate it 15 different ways because this one word can mean three different things. And when you couple these two words that mean different things, like here's how you can manipulate the text to say whatever you want it to essentially. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that was just a fascinating, fascinating class. Um, Just in the way that that language can be manipulated and... Mm -hmm. Um, understood and understood in different ways. But Mm -hmm. um, then a thing that I want to get back, Paul, what you said was like, what makes a book good for a high school kid? Like what are, what stands out, not necessarily titles, but like what makes it appropriate or good or. Oh, sure. For the curriculum or whatever. For like a high school classroom. Because I'm someone who is very much like, I don't care what you're reading, if you're reading. Um, I very much encourage graphic novels. Uh, like I said in the chat, we're teaching Persepolis this year. Um, I love when kids bring in comics and graphic novels to read because it's literature. Um, and I do a lot of genre studies. So I will do like, I'll read the first chapter from 
six or seven different books, a mm -hmm. fantasy, a sci-fi, a romance, or whatever, um, just to give them a little bit of a taste of a different genre. But like, what makes what makes well, it appropriate for a high school classroom? What makes so, it good? So I said like Dan Brown wouldn't be ideal because my big concern is presenting something like Dan Brown as fact. You know, like you sure because you as i mentioned people read the da vinci code series yeah, of books yeah right <laughs> <laughs> they thought it they, th they thought they were reading a tabloid they thought they were reading that's an right. expose and that's just you got to be careful with that um if you i think in college for example you can sit students down and be like all right so we're going to read this because it's interesting but this is fiction this is fiction. Um, but I mean, like, I think I give high school kids a lot more credit than that because I can well, look at my friends it's and not say even this the, is not real. <laughs> it's not even the students that I, I worry about. It's the parents because it's got mm. the religious context and everything. It's kind of one of those subjects that you, you've got to be delicate about. Uh, and yeah. it also depends where you're teaching. You know, uh, I live in the Northeast, so you could probably get away with it up here. But if you try to teach that in the South, I think you'd get run out of town. Uh, but yeah, what, what's good, it, I, I really strongly think one of the reasons I hate Hemingway, and I similarly hate Steinbeck, because I saw you mention that in chat, uh, they're dry as shit. They are hugely important to the, um, to the history of American literature, and they're valid in that regard, but they are boring as shit. And most young people are not interested. And if they're not interested, they're not retaining. Mm -hmm. They're just plowing through material. They're regurgitating the answers that you want to hear. And then they're dumping it out of their brain immediately after. If you find something, you, you know, uh, Hunger Games was mentioned in chat. Hunger Games is entertaining, but also compelling. It, you know, there's, there's a morality play on display that raises the question of like what what's the function of society what's the function of a government what's the function of an individual within that government what's the function of somebody like katniss to her family you know when she volunteers on her sister's behalf it, it, it there's a lot to to unravel there and it's also very entertaining there's also a modern context lesson in how she has to work what's essentially their equivalent of social media to get aid from donors you know so they're sending in care packages and stuff and she's she's playing up the narrative and stuff that's that's a huge fucking lesson I, I think hunger games is great i just think it went a little off the rails by the end of it but the point is there's a lot there and that is the perfect sort of thing that has the the romance angle gets pretty much anybody to be like oh, okay mm-hmm i'm in like i want to see how this unravels uh the the action the suspense all of that stuff pulls you in but then there's some really serious lessons in there that can really make somebody question things in the way that we want literature to to get people to question things so that's what i would really look for is something that is entertaining but also thought-provoking uh and I would try to avoid something that was going to get me fired like, like well, Dan Brown. Uh, I also wish going off that, I wish uh, Haroon and the sea of stories by Salman Rushdie had been taught uh, when I was in high school. Uh, I've looked so fucking good. And like in my Spanish class, I read the little prince for the first time when I was in high school, uh, like Spanish four or whatever. 
-hmm. And as a companion piece, uh, it's just so wonderful. Um, And so that's another on my list to go along with that idea of like, it doesn't necessarily have to be fantastic literature if 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 it's got you know uh if it checks the boxes of like this is shit that you need to know as a as a person sure mm-hmm. breaking the panel is made possible by you and other listeners just as awesome as you are if you want to support the show and get a little something in return just go to patreon.com slash breaking the panel because we do appreciate the help yeah i, I- well, and I feel like we're filling out her syllabus for this coming year. So you're welcome for us throwing that at you. Uh, but secondly, I already built my list. That's fine. I had to send it in weeks ago. I don't have a post-it here taking notes. It kind of feels like, like oh, yeah, okay. Oh, I didn't think of that one. <laughs> but I don't I don't remember a lot of the books I read. I mean, if you bring it up, I'm like, oh, yeah, I've read that. I can discuss it. But things that the theme that you guys are talking about, the challenging your thought process uh, the movies I can relate to that you might be able to go, oh, I see what you're saying, and pull out books to equate to it. Uh, stuff like Dogma, where it really made you think, or Stand yeah. and Deliver, which may have actually been a book before it was a, a movie, but Edward James almost, you know, that kind of that. I watched that movie when I was like seven or eight years old, and I got it, man. I got it changed my world. I got it, and that those kind of things. That's I think that's what you need in high school and in, even through college is stuff that challenges your idea of the status quo and gives you different perspectives and another fun one that a friend of mine gave me in college this is an actual book it took me forever to find i've googled it so many times and finally it came up tonight einstein's dreams one of my favorite books of all time by is apparently it's by alan lightman but his, his friend of mine said oh you like uh, ray bradbury which is which is all you know fantastical fiction and the you know the martian diaries and all that stuff was was really good and uh, you mentioned Fahrenheit 451, Mike. That's one of my favorite books. It is, it is so challenges the way you think. But Einstein's Dreams is just a fun take on different ways time can work. It's, it's you know, a fictional book of Einstein before he actually came up with his theory of relativity, how he'd go out on his breaks and he'd take naps in the sunshine. And these are the dreams that he had about time and how they worked. And, and it is such a fun thing to play with. That's cool. Uh, I I had one of my high school English teachers taught us Illustrated Man, which yeah. was nice. Yeah, he was awesome. Yeah. He was a former insurance salesman who turned teacher. It was a really weird change of career direction. Uh, but yeah, like he he also had us read. Um, oh, what is that series? Uh, I'm blanking on it. Uh, Z- Roger Zelensky. I can't remember. Uh, crap. Uh, he had us read some fantasy and sci-fi and I could tell that it wasn't so much that he was like a hardcore fantasy sci-fi junkie. He just saw the value in it. And, um, so that was pretty, pretty cool to do. Uh, and those stories resonated with me. I remembered them, you know, and that's the kind of thing I'm talking about. Uh, (laughs) somebody mentioned R.A. Salvatore in, uh, in chat. It, you know, as far as popular fiction goes in, in, in popular fantasy, 
I do think the story of Dritzdo Erden, the dark elf, the good dark elf that goes to the surface world and faces prejudice and finds a found family with people who don't look anything like him that come from different walks of life is a really admirable story, but it took him 11 goddamn books to tell the story. So it's not really ideal for a teaching setting, but there is value in that story. Uh, I mean, it's a pretty ham fisted metaphor, but you know, it was also intensely entertaining. And uh, also it's not his fault that he killed Chewie. He was made to do that. Moving on. Um, You know, I came into Ayn Rand later in life and everybody does talk about Atlas Shrugged, which, which is, I think an important book to read and teach from it and take from it what you will. Well, I thought a better one to me because that one is about um, capitalism and control and, and smart people getting out from underneath it, whatever you want to take from it. But I thought Fountainhead, which is a much harder read, but it, it reached me in, in ways that other books didn't of, of being an artist and creative being true to yourself in the mix of, I mean, the book is, is a roach killer, as we call it in the South. I mean, you grab that book and you kill a whole family <laughs> of roaches at once, you know, um, it is, it's bigger than the phone book, kids. Um, <laughs> but Fountainhead was, I think, I, I think that maybe, maybe not. Let me ask you, Stephanie, have you read Fountainhead? I haven't. No. Okay. Have you read any Ayn Rand? Books? I haven't. It's on my uh, list, but my list is a million yeah. so I'm not, years long. I was going to say, I'm not sure if that would be high school. Although, uh, is it, uh, Delphine Revan says I was lent the Fountainhead by my junior, senior English teacher. So maybe it is a uh, high school. I mean, it's, it's dark and it's deep and it's a lot of words. I mean, a lot of stuff for your brain to process. So, like Paul was saying, if it doesn't grab them, it can be a slog, you know. But Yeah, but I mean, I think that's, and that's so subjective, too. Um, my favorite book in high school was Crime and Punishment. And, I mean, I, I love <laughs> classic Russian literature because I love words. I love when you take a sentence and it's two pages long. Like that <laughs> is something that's so fun to me. Um, but there is uh, crime and punishment is the story of a man who, and this is not really a spoiler because it happens in the first like chapter. Uh, he very, very carefully plans out a murder and he does it and it goes a little wrong. And then like, he has to live with his guilt. I always, I always call it like the opposite Hamlet um, because Hamlet <laughs> thinks and thinks and thinks and thinks and thinks and like gets into his head and drives himself crazy about committing a murder. But Raskolnikov commits a murder and then thinks and thinks and thinks and thinks and thinks and thinks and and drives himself crazy. Uh, He befriends this uh, officer, this constable and like his guilt just drives him mad. He would have gotten away with it if he, you know, like hadn't made himself crazy. Um, So like it's those, uh, most of my classmates hated it because it was a lot of words to get there. But like when, and that's the thing that's so hard as an English teacher is finding the things that like will reach the highest number of kids, knowing that you're not going to catch everyone. But also for the kids like me who love words, where do I, how do I balance that? uh, Like philosophical, real crunchy, crunchy text. So I'm going to speak to that from personal experience. I found, so I was the kid who excelled in history and literature and i had as a matter of fact through most of high school because most of my best friends were a year older than me i actually ended up reading all of the classwork material a year ahead of time i read it when they read it and then 
kind of read my own pleasure reading while everybody else in my class was reading whatever the you know the curriculum was at the time but i had great teachers who would pull me aside and push me in the direction of stuff that i should be exposed to and i think as a teacher you have to you, you have to have, be able to build that relationship with your students find those gems in the rough who really need something that's going to broaden their horizons or that's going to push them a little bit or expose them to something that's going to you know basically really excite them in a way that it might not excite the average person uh and then just kind of gently nudge them in that direction uh, but yeah i think when you're planning curriculum i unfortunately i think you have to worry about the lowest common denominator for lack of a better phrase like you have to kind of yeah you don't want to leave somebody behind. And I've seen so many students like uh, my peers and also students that I've worked with when I worked with youth who the moment something lost them, they just fell off completely. Like the, the moment something didn't speak to them, they couldn't relate. They didn't understand what was going on and they shut down completely. And it's such a huge problem and it's not their fault usually sometimes it is sometimes it's a conscious decision but uh you know we're talking about children adolescents you know it's not they're not always at the full power to command how they respond to a situation like that they don't have the maturity and the insight yet to just power through something that is difficult so i think we got to find stuff that speaks to them for sure but there's also i've seen too many um on level or lower level classroom teachers who will throw a book that's you know wildly under grade level or what like yeah. there's that there's that yeah. balance of like i know you are capable of maybe if we work through this text or we get you an audiobook or we do this or we do that or we you know do a million different things but like there's that expectation that i know you're capable of this level and even just a teacher saying that mm-hmm helps enormously too because there's so much of like oh you guys are the dumb class here's Uh, dr seuss or whatever you know what i mean like i see too much of that too well it's kind of like uh like weight training or you know cardio or something right like you're always you're always pushing to get a couple extra reps in you're always pushing to do you know can i do a couple more laps around the gym can i get a couple more minutes on the treadmill whatever it, it might be and the idea is that every time you push a little bit farther you're you're improving a little bit so you want something that you want to shoot for something that's just outside of your reach but is achievable which is really difficult to do for anywhere between you know i don't know what your average class size is but in my experience it was yeah right yeah it was anywhere between 20 and 30 35 kids depending on the school so it's that as and you they all come from different backgrounds they come from different home lives you know some have been reading for yeah. pleasure and for education right. their entire lives and some have not been doing it at all so it's it's always a challenge to find what is appropriate quote unquote uh, for a certain yeah certain age group and as, as a parent you run into that um I, I mean i try not to give my kids stigmas but my oldest son oakland I'm like man you, you might want to look at modeling or working with your hands <laughs> because he doesn't want he can't he's super smart but he has he's lazy as shit and like he got a reading list because everybody he's in high school so everybody gets their list he he and his mom picked um was it mrs Peregrine's Gwine's, uh school for yeah mismatched kids or whatever yeah whatever it is um because mismatched <laughs> <laughs> mismatched oh. socks something about that i don't know um 
But they picked Stripes it. Stripes and Argyle, get yeah. out of here. They, they picked it because he could watch the movie, possibly, if he didn't like reading the book. I'm like, we've got to push this little asshole into doing something he doesn't like. Because he's going to yeah. be Zoolander. And goddamn, that's stupid. I don't want that. Uh, but Stephanie, I think, uh, especially today's society, I'm serious here. Today's society, I think a very important book to read. I've read it two or three times now. A Long Walk to Freedom, Nelson Mandela's biography. And honestly, any of his books, Conversations with Myself, The Prison Letters of Nelson Mandela, those, those things, I think. I mean, you want to talk about a man who changed the world in the face of hatred and racism, and he did it peacefully for the most part. Read that. And I think I think people I think it's important to read and understand. So um a lot of what uh I'm working with for for our freshmen is we do uh silent reading at the start of every block. So we've got 10, 15 minutes, however long I feel like giving them <laughs> um at the start of class to read. And like I tell them, I don't care if you're reading the ingredient list on a chips bag like i want you reading something <laughs> yeah like if you're reading a sports blog or if you're reading like game stats or if you're reading a graphic novel or whatever you're reading and that's where i'm i'm working with trying to find like the more advanced readers things that are gonna hold them so that when we're reading in class if it's a lower level like they still have a couple different things that they're working on um like trying to just get the reluctant readers to read something which is kind of why i was curious to see what what those different books were that resonated with y'all um because for me it was always classic nerd literature so i'm trying to broaden <laughs> you know the things that i'm yeah, reading and sure. uh always trying to pick up new stuff so that i can pass it on to them yeah. um Steph was mad when i suggested silvino ocampo who is a uh south american <laughs> she's a <laughs> I'm building my classroom library and he gives me this anthology of books. He's like, Sylvina Ocampo, she's really cool. She's fucking she's, unbelievable. She's amazing. <laughs> Incredible South American magic realism author, right? Like short stories. That there just... is a story in this anthology where a guy fucks a horse. Whoa, It's my. a good story. Y'all. <laughs> this is not, um, damn it, I had it, I lost it. Black Bro, Mirror. This Mountain? is not Black Mirror, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Listen, the we first don't story around like here, the, but you're fucking weird. <laughs> the story that the book is named after is about a plane full of kids that die in the air and turn into heaven, turn into angels and fly away. Oh, like <laughs> it's she's fucking <laughs> unbelievable. She's so good. I cannot recommend Silvino Campo enough to everyone. And here but, I thought the worst recommendation he was going to give you. Here's a few game manuals. Go read those to the kids when they fuck up. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah, I got dude. one. I got one recommendation for Chris Wisdom. Uh, it's a it's a book I just pulled up here. I'm just gonna give a real quick read of chapter one, getting the scoop on podcasting. <laughs> Sometimes the invention that makes the biggest impact on our daily lives isn't an invention at all, but the convergence of existing technologies, processes, and ideas. Uh, this is from Podcasting for Dummies, the <laughs> instruction manual on how to do a goddamn show. Chris, where the fuck are you? <laughs> <laughs> that that one by uh, Murr Lafferty and uh, Craig Craig. Um, fuck, uh, this is name. T. Morris, Chuck T. Morris. Tomasi, and Evo Terra. Yeah, yeah, Tomasi, not Craig. Chuck Tomasi. Yeah, 
Yeah, they come. You uh, did you get to meet him at Dragon Con? Chuck's there every year. No. Oh uh, well, if you get to come this year, I'll make sure you get to meet him. Yeah, uh, hell yeah. That'd he be loves awesome. talking to people about that stuff. Anyway, that's good. That was a good play, sir. I so, appreciate that. So, so now our chat's talking about fucking horses. That's fun. Fuck them. <laughs> All right, Paul. What's the the humble horse? Uh, real quick, before we hit the humble, uh, I did want to say there is one thing that I absolutely love that was incredibly formative for me. It's and it's formative for the entire genre of everything fantasy, and that is Lord of the Rings. And I would not recommend it as curriculum because it is dry as fuck, and you will lose yeah. all but the nerdiest of nerds. Uh, yeah, I only got I I only got halfway through The Hobbit and I was bored. And I already told you that I like reading classic Russian literature. So like, <laughs> well, it, The Hobbit's not even as bad as Lord of the Rings is because Lord of the Rings reads like an encyclopedia. Uh, For breakfast, we had beef sausage and venison sausage. Mm -hmm. What about elevensies? And bread sausage and grapes and coconut and... Oh, that's Kilted says, fuck Lord of the Rings and chat. It's your birthday, Kilted, but you are... Correct, sir. ass. Get the (laughs) fuck out of here. Russian uh, literature but, is good. Lord of the Rings isn't. <laughs> well, I mean, Death you know, found her people. Yeah. Here. Lord, no, Lord of the Rings. Rid of me. Okay, Chris here's will the, be welcome back. Here's the here's the thing. Lord of the Rings is the reason why stuff like D and D and Warcraft and everything in between exists. But and it was yeah, written in a yeah. wildly different yeah era, and it is boring to read. Watch the films. You'll get the gist. You only miss out on like three characters. Yeah, you don't get Tom Bombadil. It's okay. As as awesome as Tom and Goldberry are, you'll live. But yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but they won't. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Nothing happens to them. Our <laughs> humble hit is just to talk about the fact that the June humble choice is available. Uh, so if you use our link to grab that, you get to support the show. Uh, or you could grab the fight for racial justice that we talked about in the second segment. And I believe you get a credit for a free month. If you've never bought a humble choice before. And this month has uh, some, some tasty treats in there. So go check it out, go to the site and uh, consider it. You know, it's, um, it's worth generally worth it. There's usually some great games in the humble choice. That'll be around until the first Friday of next month. So you've got plenty of time check it out use our link support the show and we appreciate you 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 said tasty treats and my tired distracted brain heard twisted metal like what there's twisted metal in this bundle i'm gonna grab that i haven't played that in forever (laughs) uh that was such a a fun racing game but that's gonna be it for tonight so let's do some where to find mike where can you find stephanie on the web uh (laughs) Steph, where can you find yourself on the web? Uh, at Kruggles um, for me and at Adventure Inc. Pod for our D&D 5e actual play podcast. Do y'all do, y'all do that live or do you still do it just We uh, do a tavern night live streaming at the um, the last Wednesday of every month. So and next Wednesday. Next Wednesday okay. on Twitch. And um, Wait, so you go up against our show after we've had you on twice this month. Okay. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So oh, yeah. Uh, you're going to notice a drop in viewers next week, Charles, and I'm sorry. <laughs> we only uh, go for about like 45 minutes, though, so people can start with y'all, take an intermission with us, and then get back to you. 
Mm. Get fucked. <laughs> it's okay. You when when Paul starts talking about magic, flip over to Adventure Inc's Tavern Night, and then when you flip back, Paul will be wrapping up his discussion about yeah. magic. Yeah, yep. uh, the irony is the only time I've talked about magic recently is when Mike is on. <laughs> so <laughs> we get true. rid of Mike, we go back yeah. to normalcy. That's true. Mike, so it'll be some other topic. Maybe you don't know, Mike. You'll be busy. Where can That's they find true. you on the web? Uh, at Adventure Inc. Pod is the uh, Twitter handle for our uh, 5e D&D live play <laughs> actual play podcast. Uh, you can also find me at, at Future X Skeleton on Twitter. And uh, I have been helping my friend Anthony. Uh, recently, he was let go from his public radio show, uh, Ask the Pokedexpert, and he's relaunching that as a podcast. Uh, you can find that Twitter account at, at Pokedexpert. Uh, Anthony needs all the help he can get. So I try to plug that as much as possible for him. Uh, I I was a guest on the first show. Uh, we'll see how, how he goes on getting future guests. Uh, but I'm always there if he needs me. You're such a good boy, Mike. Good boy, Mike. Hey, you know, I, I got my friends boy. backs, Charles. You know, <laughs> even when they only give me 20 minutes and I don't get to look as good as I want to look for their shows. <laughs> you know, when you get up in the morning, you got to make yourself look good because you never know what opportunity will fall on your lap. Baby. <laughs> I'm just saying. It's how I treat every day. Paul, where can they find you and your other podcasts? You can find me on Twitch and Twitter at SoapboxGST. You can find me on Crash Test Pilots with Nicole. We just started our mini season, season 2.5, where we're going to do four episodes where we cover animated shows. Our first episode covers Rick and Morty. And spoiler, we weren't impressed. Uh <laughs> but we 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 dig in a little bit there we're planning to cover futurama and bojack horseman and we're going to round it out with avatar the last airbender so yeah uh i know that last one doesn't match the rest at all but it's it's a classic and it's newly on netflix so we're covering it deal with it Uh, and then we'll be launching into season two or three three we're launching into season three uh where we will be back on the grind doing more traditional stuff and of course we'll have some wonderful guests lined up we're looking at maybe slotting for about three special guests next season so stay tuned for that we'll announce them as we line them up check it out and thank you very much so you said you weren't very impressed with rick and morty were you high when you watched it no there's your problem man no okay (laughs) go check out that episode because i i expand upon the fact that i've seen more than the first episode but watching the first episode again i was like eh but uh yeah i don't understand the obsession but at the same time there are some good episodes so yeah i don't know man it's just don't tell me what to do, Nicole. I will at you if I want to. You're not <laughs> Nicole says Rick and Morty was so boring. Don't fucking at me. I'm gonna I'm gonna at you live from Rick and Morty all this week. That's all I'm gonna do on Twitter. So yeah, I'm on Twitter at Rockana Podcast or at Rockana Pod on Twitter, Rockana Podcasting everywhere else. Or you can search Charles McFall and you'll pretty much find me. And theoretically, we'll see if you know COVID wipes out the human race or not. But theoretically, I've got two cons coming up in July. We'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. So I'll be out in the real world. Uh, but this was episode, or this is volume four of episode 221. So if you've missed the others, go back and listen to them. Give them a, give them a like and a listen and all that jazz. And this is a podcast. If you just discovered us on Twitch, 
So find us over at anchor.fm slash breaking the panel or giant size team up network. So there you go. We're out. Maybe Chris Wisdom will be back in a month. Who knows about Phil? He says he's <coughs> sick. Eh, we'll see. <laughs> yes, that sounds like he's a crybaby. <laughs> <laughs> I should have hashtag COVID his ass today. If you want to get in touch with breaking the panel, you'll find Charles at Rock God of Pod. Phil is at Imaginary Nomad. Chris is at In All Things Wisdom. And Paul can be found at Soapbox GSTU. If you love the show and just want to support what we do, hit us up at patreon.com slash breaking the panel and you'll help us make this thing each and every week. If you want to watch the show live each week, go to twitch.tv slash GSTU and follow us to know when we're recording. And if you're looking for more kick-ass shows like this one, go to gstu.net.